some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. Wednesday, it's November 2nd, the year 2022, and this is Daybreak Live. Amen. Yeah. All right, guys. So this is not Memorex. This is live. Super live. morning is live. Good morning, folks. Good morning, Larry Neal. Let's see. Jacinda, Diane, Dawn, Melissa, Tammy. Good morning. Say a little prayer for Michael.
Amen. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Y'all are so awesome. Ain't they awesome? I love them hats you've been wearing lately. Oh, Oh, Jesus is all I need. Amen. Tammy Crick. Oh, gosh. Praise the Lord. God is good. Hey, we're in revival. We are, the, tonight is the last night. Rome Baptist Church. Rome Baptist Church. Oh, get off of here. Boom. <laughs> Rome Baptist Church. I hope everything. Got a message. Got a message this morning. I got an email. Says, you've been hacked. Uh, send me 3,000 bitcoins. Stop it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got stuff pop, popping up. So I don't know what it'll go, how things will go. Amen. I don't know. Wait, three thousand bitcoins. Three thousand. Oh, that's stop. Yeah. Three thousand bitcoins, or we're going to leak all your emails. I'm like, what? What do you think I am? Cancel. What do you think I am? Some kind of government official? <laughs> leak my emails. Go ahead. That's fine. What would aggravate me is messing up this. This is that would be that would be terrible. Shh, don't give him any ideas. Shut up, <laughs> Dad. Shut up. <laughs> what? Okay. So we're now. What was I talking about a minute ago? Okay, we're in revival, Rome Baptist Church, and tonight is the last night. I invite you to come out and be with us. It's uh, Brother Glenn Denton, who used to pastor Hillcrest Baptist Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. He's doing the preaching. We're doing the singing. And tonight is the last night. It's on Highway 70. It's not hard to get to. And uh, just come on out. It starts at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. And... Uh, Can you share scripture real quick? What? From that song. Oh, yeah. Well, it makes Megan me... will share scripture, guys. Um, that song, because it says, uh, I believe you're my portion. And the whole song is talking about, really, Jesus being enough. He's what we need. Um, and so it made me think of, in Psalm 16, there's a verse that says, a couple of verses. Psalm 16, verse 5. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. So when we choose him, even through the hard times, through the dark times, the lines have fallen for us in pleasant places or whatever those boundaries are that he has set for us, whatever that is, wherever, whatever circumstance you're in right now, it's fallen in pleasant places because he's your portion. He's Amen. your cup. Choose him. And uh, you have a beautiful inheritance. You know, one day, I mean, we're talking about in Revelation, so much is going on, a lot of crazy stuff, but yet you get toward the end, you start seeing that beautiful inheritance. We get little glimpses of that beautiful inheritance. So, Amen. Amen. God is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Good scriptures, son. Good scriptures. So, yeah, someone said, stated yesterday, I can't remember, maybe it was Diane. I think it was you, Diane, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, Bob, leak, leak, leak sermons. Would you please leak my sermons? <laughs> uh, 
someone said yesterday, you don't need to watch thrillers and horror movies. Just read the Bible <laughs> about right. the end time stuff. That's true. So there's wonderful things coming. Uh, let's just dive right in. I realize now you guys know if you've been going through this with me, you already know somebody may tune in though. Different people tune in at different times. And you may tune in and say, well, what kind of a take do you take on Revelation? Just so you know, I'm a futurist. I'm a futurist when it comes to the book of Revelation. I have not always been. I was not taught to be. But as I've studied the book of Revelation between me and the Lord, and this and this is how I do. I'm, I'm, I read the Bible. I study the Bible. I've been studying it for years. And, uh, and I love it, but... If I can't see it, if I can't see what I've been taught in scriptures itself, then what I like to do is just drop what I've been taught and try to believe what the scriptures are saying. Now, I realize that many people, when it comes to the book of Revelation, have many different ideas, and I, I do understand that. And that's why when it comes to this book, it is good to see ourselves as, as a family with different opinions because the reality is there are some of these things that are difficult uh, and how you, so sometimes our theology, and what I mean is, is the way that we, what we have heard influences how we read. It's really hard. I say this quite often, but it's really hard to come to the scriptures and just read the scriptures and let them say what they say. And then, and then under and go, what, okay, what is this saying? Because all of us have a bent when we come to it. We, we have a, preconceived notions and thoughts and ways we th see things are happening, whether those ways have been shaped by movies or those ways have been shaped, those thoughts have been shaped by movies or what we've heard from preachers we grew up under. We all have these thoughts. So it's really, it's kind of complicated sometimes to just say, here's what it is saying. What does that mean? But I do realize also that it's, 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 like yesterday, I could have confused some of you. So I'm going to restate some things from yesterday, and maybe I can clear them up. Here's statement number one. When you are studying prophecy, you can look at prophecy in the Old Testament, and anybody that studies prophecy knows this. So many of you know this already. But when you're studying prophecy, you can have a line of prophecy that you're reading. And the next line... They're both prophecies, and yet there's years and years and years in between them. You can read a prophecy that has to do with, say, Daniel at the moment he's in Babylon, writing it down, and the next thing he's talking about is when the Messiah is walking upon the earth. And this is this has to be understood. Some, some scholars say it this way, or some prophecy teachers say it this way. It's like being up on a mountain. And you look out across the other mountains uh, and you see this mountain peak and this mountain peak and this mountain peak. And so as you're looking from the top of this mountain, they look like they're side by side. But what you can't tell is there's 20 miles in between these two mountains. Well, it's the same thing when we're reading prophecy. Our Lord, when he came the first time, fulfilled all the prophecies that talked about what he would suffer. He fulfilled all of them. Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, 
all these were fulfilled. But yet there's other prophecies. So you can have a prophecy that talks about his first coming and a prophecy that talks about his second coming in the same passage of Scripture. And so in between, there's already what we know a couple of thousand years in between the first coming and the second coming, right? And so these are things to remember. That being said, Daniel sees a vision of four consecutive kingdoms from the time of Daniel. This is likening unto the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, Nebuchadnezzar had and Daniel said, you are the head. You're, you're this head of gold, Nebuchadnezzar. And there are these kingdoms, this statue represented these kingdoms that were coming after Babylon. In the same way, what Daniel was seeing, what I was talking about yesterday, is four kingdoms. He sees Babylon. He sees Medo-Persia, which is the next kingdom. He sees then Greece, which was the next kingdom. And then he sees Rome. But while he's looking at Rome, we notice that this vision of Rome is kind of strange. And he's describing the very end time when the Son of Man that's on the cloud takes over the world. So then we realize that that fourth kingdom catapults all the way to the end. Well, how in the world does that happen? This is where you get in prophecy what is called the revived Roman Empire. Many of you have heard this, the revived Roman Empire, or at least the empire that, that is fourth in Daniel's thinking is part of the very end-time beast because what Daniel's actually seeing was the end-time beast when he sees the ten horns. So, that being said, now, as we come back here, the beast in Revelation has seven heads. Now, what is important about this, and I said the unholy trinity, so we're looking at the dragon, the beast, and soon we're going to get into the false prophet. But to verse 3, and the verse 3 says, and I saw one of his heads as it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Okay, so now that's complicated, right? So we're going back. Now we're in Revelation, and we're seeing this one beast. We're Daniel seeing the four. One beast has all four of Daniel's come together in this one. But there's more than just Daniel's vision that's come together here. Now, to try to understand a little bit of this one scripture, we've got to jump ahead, and we will talk about it more when we get there, but let's jump ahead to verse seven, chapter 17 right quick. I hope I'm not confusing you. My intent is to try to make this easier to understand, not harder to understand. But let's just jump and let's look at verse 9 in chapter 17. Chapter 17, we see this beast. And it tells us about the heads. Now look, here's the mind that has wisdom. Verse 9. The seven heads, I'm jumping over here just for explanation, we'll go back. 
the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Now, the woman in this text is false religion. Uh, a one world religion is going to come together before the beast can rise to power. I actually shared a video yesterday on Facebook. Some of you seen it, I know. Some of you saw it, I know. Uh, and I've been keeping up with this since the mid-90s. They've been, they've been going for, at this for a long time, okay? But it's gaining a lot of momentum now. The beast cannot come to power without the woman, and the woman is the false religious system that brings, she's a harlot, she's a whore, she's a prostitute, and she brings all the religions together, okay? But that's beside the point, because God is going to cause the, the beast to hate the whore. <laughs> the ten kings are going to hate the whore and destroy her when he exalts himself above all that is called work, uh, called God or that is worshipped. But seven heads are seven mountains on what the, which the woman sits. They are also seven kings, or you could say kingdoms. Now, this is very important. Five have fallen. At the time that John is writing this letter, these heads then represent five kings or five kingdoms. And when he's explaining this to John, he says, five have fallen and one is. And the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth. And this is why you may have noticed I said there's actually the beast is the eighth. He's the eighth. Okay. And is of the seven and is going into perdition. Okay. So let's turn back to try to understand the heads. Five have fallen. One is. One is not yet come. So among. It's pretty much dominant among futurists that these heads represent the kingdoms that uh, ruled over or suppressed or enslaved or conquered Israel. So that would begin with Egypt. So the five and fallen would go like this, and, and, and most people agree with this. It's the last few that people disagree on, but the five and fallen usually are thought like this. Egypt, that's the beginning. Uh, Assyria. So it's Egypt, Assyria. Then Babylon. Now, Babylon is the first one of Daniel's vision, which would be the line. But Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece. Five have fallen. Five kingdoms have fallen or been absorbed, you might could even say, kind of. One is. What is the kingdom that is in power as John is receiving this revelation, it is Roman, the Roman Empire. Okay? Now, he said, now that's the sixth then. That's the sixth. So then the, there's a seventh that's going to come after the Roman Empire. Now, this is where people will disagree. Most people agree on all of those. In my way of thinking, the next kingdom that took over that entire area and all of those kingdoms was the Islamic Caliphate. Okay, 
Uh, matter of fact, the Dome of the Rock is still standing in Jerusalem. So, and it took over all of what at one time was all of these, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medial Persia, Greece, and Rome all became part, or most of it became part of the Islamic Caliphate. Uh, part of Rome did not. That is, that is for sure, and that was all of the wars that took place. Now, the beast that we're seeing, the Antichrist beast, is the eighth and is of the seven. In my way of thinking, it's all of the seven come together at the end time. And therefore, do I believe in a revived Roman Empire? Yes, but I believe there's, a, there's going to be this merging of all of this together into one. And they're going to become confederate together, if that makes sense. The beast is the eighth. Now, the reason this is important, the only reason I went here today is because in verse 3 it says, I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. Now, there's differences of opinions on this, and, and, and that's okay. Some people believe the Antichrist is going to be killed. And then he's going to come back to life. Now, that's a valid interpretation, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. Uh, that might be right. And in that way, they say he's going to mimic the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that, that the Antichrist himself is going to die, and then once he comes back, everybody's going to wander after him. And that may, that may be just exactly how it is. I will give... Uh, credence that I can uh, I can see that, but when I study the heads and I see the heads as kings, but it's also synonymous with kingdoms. I think at least you'd have to say that it has to do with the kingdom as well. So the eighth was one of the seven. It, the beast that you saw was was and is not. So in the days of Rome, he says he says. It was and is not. So one of these kingdoms is going to come back. One of these kingdoms is going to be resurrected. And one of the heads is going to be resurrected. And when that happens, it is going to marvel the world. Now, I have my own uh, views on what I think that's going to look like. But let's go on and read now. One of the deadly, his deadly wound was healed. One of the heads was mortally wounded. It's gone dead and it comes back is it the antichrist himself maybe is it his kingdom it's one of the two or it's both it could be both some some people think it's both but all the world wandered and followed the beast now look at verse four so they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying now listen to what they are saying who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? So part of the majesty of the beast is its war machine capabilities. It is going to be so mighty that the world is going to say, who can make war with him? Who? I mean, there, there's nobody like this. This eighth kingdom, this beast that is the sock puppet of the devil himself is going to be a powerful coalition of nations 
in the end times that all the other nations, all the people in the world is going to be like, my goodness, ain't nobody can do anything to stop this. Okay? And he was given a mouth. Oh, I'm way over. Sorry. So we'll start talking about the blasphemies tomorrow then in verse 5. I hope this is interesting. I hope you're getting, I hope, I, I hope I'm not confusing you too much. But this is what it's like to study prophecy. So I hope it's interesting at least. Is it interesting? Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. Hallelujah. Well, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Tomorrow, no, this is, what is today? Today's Wednesday. So fear not Friday is not tomorrow. But I will say this, fear not. We don't have to fear this. We, we don't have to fear any of this, okay? God has got our back. He is our portion. He is our healer. He is our God. And even, even in this life, even if we must lay our lives down, I guarantee you this, if you belong to him, he will give you the strength and the power and the ability to do it. The only thing you have to be the only, only thing you have to be sure of is to hold on to Jesus. Keep your faith strong in him, walk with the Lord, and you're going to walk in victory and the devil cannot harm you. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, love you guys. Let us close with the Lord's prayer. Don't forget. Don't Join forget. Us tonight at Rome Baptist, if you're in the area. Come on out to Rome Baptist and be yeah, with us. Bob, I'll see you tonight for sure. Also, I think today's the last day of early voting. So if you're going to. Oh, is it vote, early voting? Better get out there and do Get it. out there and vote. All right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God is so good. Love you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye. Whoop.